Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back at it again. It's another edition of the College Good Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your hosts, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella, we are on air. Ooh, getting to the nitty-gritty, baby. It's your host, R.I.C., and a place to be here for the College Gridiron Showcase Watch List Show, our sixth episode of the season already, and exhibition season has just begun. We got preseason action. We got NFL training camps. We have the college football tour. Uh, shout out to Wagner College for having us earlier uh, in the training camp. We'll be at Monmouth University College down there with their new facility uh, tomorrow. Of course, the NFL uh, training camp tour continues, and we will have uh, Joe Everett, the director of college football scouting, to break down all the offense and defensive line prospects for the upcoming 2018 NFL draft. Justin Gamble, unable to join us today but guess what guys he'll be back on a special monday broadcast we'll be breaking down all the edge rushers and linebackers for the 2018 nfl draft of course we'll discuss who could potentially receive all-star game invites not just for the cod gridiron showcase but across the all-star circuit and today we're going to have both co-founders from the college gridiron showcase and symposium our fourth year now as we get ready for the upcoming season of course, uh, 30 of the 32 NFL teams down in Texas last year. Hopefully, we'll have all 32 this year. Over 130 NFL scouts all together. It's the first pit stop. It kicks off the NFL draft season, as a matter of fact. And our guy, Corin Brooks, from the University of Texas Permian Basin, signing with the Giants this week, which brings our total up to 89 players in NFL training camp. So let's welcome him into the show the co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase. First off, we have Jose Jefferson. How are we doing today, Jose? Good. How are you? And Craig Red also joins us. Rarely do we get both of the gentlemen on the line, but I know you guys were in Addison, Texas, the new home of the College Gridiron Showcase. Craigie, uh, how are we doing today? A little uh, jet lag there? <laughs> yeah, we got some jet lag on Craig, but it's all good, fellas. Let's talk about it. Let's be about it. Um, first off, Jose, uh, lots of going-ons, lots of uh, people trying to get on board and be involved with the College Gridiron Showcase at our new home, Addison, Texas, January 6th through the 10th. And we haven't plugged the website yet, cgsallstar.com. If you haven't made your reservations, you want to find out more info, you want to nominate a player, make sure you get on board there. But, Jose, talk to us about the trip down in Texas. It was awesome. I mean, I, I drove, so, I mean, it was extremely long for me. But um, I was excited, you know, going, obviously, the, the synergy of a new place, and then I was excited going home from what we've, you know, what we came across. But um, the hotel is 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 
beautiful. I mean, compared to where we were and nothing against where we were, but um, it, it is definitely an upgrade. Um, the space is an upgrade. Uh, it, it's just, it just gives a different, uh, different appeal of what we're trying to accomplish. So I, I was definitely impressed with all that. Uh, we went to Green Hill uh, School, which is a humongous campus for <laughs> for such a smaller school. It is, and, and they were great. And it, we just, it seemed like once we got there um, on Friday, we're on back-to-back meetings from Friday all the way to Sunday evening till about seven thirty, eight o'clock. So it, it was not a um, a vacation by any stretch of the word, and and we were we were going bell to bell, but it, it's going to be something I'm, I'm very excited about it and um the prospects of between that and how the the documentary is going to be filmed in that area and how they're going to you know catch some behind the scene things they're going to catch the practices um the way the field is set up we're going to be able to get some great film and it's wide open so it, it's it's a new day you know it really is and so i'm glad that we're there Jose Jefferson, Craig Red, co-founders of the College Gridiron Showcase. And, Craig, let me open up your microphone this time, and then that way you can have the floor. <laughs> but uh, how about the thoughts of impre- and, and impressions, Craig? Because I know last year it, the, the event kind of seemed to outgrow itself with, you know, all the scouts and the agents and the football industry and the seminars and everybody congregating in the hotel I think, you know, it was a little bit of tight quarters, so I'm glad to hear the hotel is going to be able to accommodate plenty of space. Again, January 6th through the 10th, if you didn't book your reservations yet. But, Craig, thoughts and impressions of the new College Gridiron Showcase home? Love it. Um, it, it, We definitely outgrew where we were last year, and and that's a good thing. We just naturally, you know, organically outgrew it. Where we are right now, I don't see us outgrowing for a while. What we did notice is with all the extra things that we're adding with all the extra space, we want more. We're actually contacting the hotel to get more space just because there's so many things that we're trying to do, so many things that we are going to be doing for this year. We're like, hey, we we might need more space. So we're we're actually trying to grab more space. So it's going to be fantastic. Well, one of the things we did last year was – Scour a ton of talent, Jose. Uh, we had heated debates in terms of who should be invited, and it was tough decision-making. <laughs> Nearly 100 guys in the camps, but I think one place or one area where we did succeed in terms of scouting was on that offensive line. Uh, we saw two players from this year's College Gridiron Showcase get selected in the NFL draft, and a handful of guys here uh, making their – NFL debut last night on a preseason, a, a whole bunch of games on the docket tonight. But uh, thoughts of impressions from some of these CGS alumni on the offensive line side of the ball? No, they're they're making us look smarter than what we actually are, you know, <laughs> which is a good thing. But, uh, no, I, I like you said, I mean, we're – this is what we're specializing in. That's how come we're, we are who we are. We're not it, – it's not hard to look at Miles Garrett from Texas A&M and say, yeah, he's, he's going to be a, you know, 10, 12, 14 year player, potential all pro every year. You, you, you can see that we want to, you know, structure our event around the guys who we, you know, we put out. I mean, just, we were just talking right before we got on the air with, about Jacob Hollister, you know, um, players like that, you know, Jalen Ware, um, 
I, I, I mean, that is thoroughly my passion with this is, is getting those guys. And um, I, I think the, so far, like you said, the, the players with CGS, you know, Matt Breda, you know, out the, with the 49ers. I mean, we are mm-hmm. doing what we're supposed to do. And hopefully, you know, we're, their success is our success. And hopefully that'll, that'll bring more success for everybody involved. And you take a look at the diversity because I firmly believe we are by far the most diverse all-star event out there. And you take a look at the guys who got selected, Jalen Ware and Brad Seaton from Alabama State and Villanova. But then you got guys in camp from the SEC, Brandon Kublano. You got uh, guys from Arizona State, Freddie Tagaloa. You got guys from Purdue in the Big Ten, Jason King. Then you go down to the FCS level. We got got guys like Mark Spellman from Illinois State and Landon Leckler from North Dakota State. But Craig, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, I I thought the trench trench warfare was my favorite part of of the week because we had such a, a, a variety of guys. And, you know, taking a look now at the defensive side of the ball, Craig, uh, Chris Odom coming out of Central Arkansas. Then you got Shakir Soto from Pittsburgh, Corey Vereen from Tennessee, Rashawn Coward from Old Dominion, Casey Sales from uh, the MAC Conference, Adam Butler from Vanderbilt, Andre Pitkin from Texas Tech. I mean, this is what it's all about. And you just heard me rattle off the names. Those are all players just from this past year's event, Craig, in NFL camp getting ready for preseason games. Chris Cassidy. <laughs> Don't, right, don't, the don't forget Chris Catcher. I mean, yeah. NAIA, we're, we're hitting it off. It doesn't matter. It's not where you play, it's how you play. That, that's why the tagline is, is, is there. We, yeah, no scouring. doubt about we're it. We're scouring every place we can to, to find the, 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 right, the right players that deserve that opportunity. And they're making us look good, as Jose said. And, you know, we're getting ready for the uh, College Football Roadshow brought to you by NFL Draft Bible and College Gridiron Showcase. Of course, I'll be kicking off the season August 26th on location, Hawaii at UMass. And we talked about Adam Brenneman, a tight end, last uh, last week on the show that we'll be scouting on. And, uh, guys, uh, we're going to get Joe Everett in here on a second. But before we wrap it up and let you go, uh, Craig, I started off with you. Any any uh, hot takes, latest news, parting shots that we want to hit the people with here before we wrap it up? Uh, we're just trying to close out some 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 more big sponsors that we'll we'll be bringing to you in the upcoming weeks. Stay tuned for the updated watch list that should be coming out probably in the next week, week and a half. We'll we'll hit it right before the start of the the college season. So, you know, if you haven't gotten your nominations in yet. Hit us with them. We're, we're, we're going to be yeah. looking, but you know, I think we have about another 300 names coming at everyone in the next week and a half. CGSAllStar.com for that. It's not too late. Of course, Jose, we got the documentary coming this year. Craig mentioned sponsorship opportunities. You can email info at collegegridironshowcase.com, I believe. Uh, in, I, info at CGSAllStar.com. <laughs> emails, my man. And uh, Jose, you know, as Craig said, sponsorship opportunities, documentary coming on board if anybody wants to get a hold of you guys. But uh, any parting shots for the people out there, any latest comings and goings with the CGS? 
You know, we're 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 just working. You know, we're we're taking your tagline, can't stop, won't stop. You know, we we got to get this thing right. But it's it's exciting, and it's going to be exciting for anybody that's going to be involved in this year. And and I can tell you, just as every year, we're going to continue to talk about how good the players are going to be, and we're going to work hard to get the best players that we can. And we're trying to make our name, you know, just as these players are. So it's it's going to be huge. I'm I'm excited for it. That's our word, guarantee. Uh, Jose Jefferson, Craig Red, College Gooder and Showcase co-founders, we thank you for the time, gentlemen. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you. All right, there you have it. Uh, not too often we get both of the big kahunas on the phone line at the same time, and they're fresh off the trip down there in Addison, Texas. Once again, Jose Jefferson, Craig Red, those are the guys you want to contact if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, you want to get involved with what's going on down there in Addison, Texas. Of course, my co-host is certainly involved. He never leaves a stone unturned. He's the director of college football scouting for the NFLDraftBible.com. And, hey, don't panic, everybody. You know, I've been getting hit with the, the, the texts and emails about the website being down. Well, you guys crashed it on us. It's been a fun time of year, exciting time of year, busy time of year, and we've gotten so much traffic we had to switch the servers. We should be up and running. If we're not back up and running right now, we should be up and running uh, any any moment now. And, of course, the college uh, NFL Draft Bible prospectus will be available there on the NFLDraftBible.com. Of course, this guy helped put it together along with myself so you can – uh, get that, the top 100 scouting reports, player rankings, 2020 vision, who the top players in the NFL are for the year 2020, and, of course, our FCS big board rankings and projections. He is Joe Everett. He is the star of the show. We welcome him in now. We thank him for waiting patiently on the Defiance Fuel Hotline. How are we doing, Joe? Doing great. I can't believe it's already here. I mean, we are 15 days until the opening of college football, so... I'm fired up. That's just two weeks away. Two weeks from the season, five weeks from the College Gridiron Showcase. It's unbelievable. January 6th through the 10th, cgsallstar.com. Joe, we're going to talk linemen today. We, we broke it down a little bit differently. Of, of course, Justin Gamble couldn't make the show today. We're going to have him back on Monday to do a special edge rusher linebacker preview show. And then, Joe, sometimes we make up plans right right here on the air live. We'll come back, Joe. You and I will do a defensive back. We'll, we'll combine the cornerbacks and safeties, just so you know. But today, O-line and D-line, we're, we're leaving the pass rushers out of it on the defensive side of the ball. We're talking 34 defensive ends and interior linemen. But let's break it down on the offensive linemen first. We had Jose Jefferson and Craig Red, co-founders of the fourth annual College Gridiron Showcase. You were listening. A, a plethora of offensive linemen uh, right now in training camp, in preseason action. Uh, thoughts of impressions? Any guys we didn't cover there in the opening segment? A uh, lot, lot of different directions we can go there. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, start off with our two big guys, uh, Jalen Ware, Bradley Seaton. Uh, they just, you know, elated when they got selected first off, but seemed to be doing well. Uh, like, more than anything, just stay healthy. Um, shout out and pour one out to Raquan McMillan, uh, Miami Dolphins. Looks like he's got a torn ACL, mm. but it's a dangerous time of year, the preseason. So I'm just happy a lot of our boys 
are uh, still standing right now. Uh, guy, I'm going to be looking at uh, that. He's just the U, uh, UDFA. Uh, Mason Zandy, uh, that, that fit, I think, for the Chargers. They like just big kind of mm. thugs in the middle that will knock you out in, in a phone booth and murder you, and that's kind of – Zandy's M.O., I think he fits in with the style of play over there and losing Forrest Lamp. Speaking of injuries, you know, another torn ACL to uh, a, a very yeah. highly touted lineman there. So they're going to need someone to step in. Maybe it's Dan Feeney. Maybe Zandy gets in there just because of the numbers game now that's shuffled uh, in his favor. Yeah, San Diego hit with uh, some bad luck, or should I say L.A.? I can't keep up with it anymore, but... Oh, man. Uh, yeah, Mason, Mason <laughs> Zandy, a knee tender. Yeah, I mean, I was writing down the abbreviations today for uh, Casey Sales and the Rams, you know, L-A-R. You got to get these abbreviations down, Pat. But Mason Zandy, you said it, Joe. This guy just grew on me throughout the week, a, a knee bender, a waist bender. Uh, despite being like six eight, six nine, this guy can get low, get low. And a couple guys grew on me throughout the week. I think Jason King was a guy out of Purdue that's that's over with the Patriots. And uh, you mentioned Bradley Seaton from Villanova, a hot commodity there. Tennessee, one of the best offensive lines in the league, in my opinion. And they got another guy, Mark Spellman from, from uh, Illinois State, a guy who I think is going to be a valuable uh, backup at the interior positions, can play center, can play both guard spots, and then, uh, Landon Leckler, a guy from North Dakota State, was initially on the select squad. They bumped him up to the all-star squad, held his own. Uh, probably, you know, a, a more of a, a right tackle prospect there for the Bengals. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but two of my favorite players, Joe, throughout the week, I mean, just wa- watching Freddie Tagaloa walking through the hotel during the week and just, you know, having to kind of like duck while he walks through the hallway cause his, or else his head would just hit the ceiling. Uh, he's in camp with the Vikings. And then Brandon Kublano, an undersized center with the Ravens here. Uh, the Ravens, another team dealing with uh, some death blows at, and injuries so far early on. But Joe Kublano, a guy who just constantly got under people's skins, constantly uh, was, was playing the mental games and disrupting people, throwing them off their game there that Brandon Kublano on one-on-one drills? What I liked about Kublano is you could hear him. You know, the pads really got <laughs> popping and you had to turn your head and it's, who's knocking people around there? And is that Georgia helmet uh, rocking and romping? Uh, the one that you, I'm glad you brought up Tagaloa uh, just to share it. Like I had an elevator ride with this guy. Just talked to him. Man, you look great out there, blah, blah, blah. Damn, I'm just, this is an NFL player uh, standing next to him. That's just a total giant and another good team fit. Uh, if he uh, could just hang in there with the Vikings, this is a, a, a franchise that's just not had good fits at the tackle position. They've had a lot of failed experiments there, and they're looking for new faces. So, And, and yeah, yeah, Leckler, I was banging the table all week for Mr. Uh, Landon Leckler, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a lot of good feedback from NFL scouts throughout the week on Leckler. Now, let's turn our attention. We'll come back to the defensive side of the ball, Joe. Let's turn our attention to the offensive line prospects here coming up for the 2018 NFL draft. We'll talk about those offensive tackle prospects first, and then we'll break down the interior linemen. But, uh, you know, tier one guys here at the offensive tackle position 
Uh, Pride of New Jersey, Mike McGlinchey over there at Notre Dame. This guy is just a mauler. He bleeds football. We have him ranked as our number three offensive tackle prospect in the nation, regardless of draft class. And then uh, I know you appreciate seeing this guy up there from Western Michigan, number eight offensive tackle in the country, uh, which puts him in the first round mix, Joe, or you tell us the big six foot six, 330 pounder, Chuck Wuma Okorafor. I butchered that oh, one up, but nice. uh, <laughs> no, <it's> good. <laughs> a guy good. here who's got plenty of starting experience. You, you talked about the Western Michigan running back a couple shows back. This guy's up front uh, paving the way. Oh, yeah, and he's got these um, just natural soccer skills. He got the football late. I think he's only been playing uh, six years. Uh, I think the Republic of Botswana. So this is why he's got the the But I think you nailed the name. So uh, what you like about him is there's potential to play left because of those feet, because of that balance and just, just the natural athleticism of playing soccer. I think all his life he's had to get a lot weight moving at once. So uh, I think the upside for uh, Akura for is through the roof, uh, a much better prospect than uh, uh, Taylor Moten from last year uh, from the same program, but he's been a big reason. You know, these backs, Jarvie and Franklin, Jamaria Bogan, uh, they're all cranking out 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns, and it's no accident. The uh, offensive line there has been really good in Kalamazoo. Um, and then just McGlinchey, you said it all. I mean, that is a big nasty. If, if anybody fits the definition, I love the single bar down the middle of the face mask as well. And mm-hmm. when you get in a Notre Dame offensive lineman, you're getting a, a, a prodigy, a student of Harry Highstand, who has produced just countless NFL, Zach Martin, Ronnie Stanley, Nick Martin. Hopefully he could stay healthy. But uh, I, I love the teaching, love the coaching. And, yeah, that kid, he, he's, he's going to be a starter. I, maybe it is just at a right tackle. But who cares? I think you're getting a 10-plus-year pro in McGlinchey. Yeah, you know, when you're rocking the Bart Oates face mask, uh, that says something yeah. about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, just curious, Joe, you mentioned o- for You know, he actually started off as a kicker because, like you said, the, the the soccer background in high school. Is there separation, in your opinion, McGlinchey, you know, heavily in the first round mix, uh, Okora for maybe on the outside looking in, or do you see these guys as similar prospects? No, I think Okora for maybe just behind him. I mean, it could be a situation they show up at the combine and all all of a sudden, you know, this Okora for has just got. Uh, an unreal 40 time or or he just really does have a, a broad jump or a vertical leap that it's like, bro, he just vertical leap 38 inches. Really? <laughs> and then that may change some things, but no, I think McGlinchey is uh he, he's kind of a bona fide first rounder, got the pedigree and whereas a crew for he maybe, I think you said it best kind of on the outside looking in, uh, maybe he's a high grade uh, second round pick, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think we're talking about a, a, a top 100 player. Well, you know, it's interesting, Joe, because I think we saw maybe two offensive linemen selected in the draft in the first round this past year, and, and that was a conversation that I had with Brian Baldinger. You can find that on our YouTube channel at NFLDraftBible.com. You know, just the spread style of offenses, you know, people are talking about the the regression or 
the lack of progression that the quarterbacks and receivers make in a spread style type of offense. Well, the same goes for the offensive linemen and NFL teams are having difficulty now finding top tier offensive line prospects. So just one senior offensive tackle that we have in the first round mix that is in heavy consideration with McGlinchey. How about some under the radar guys, some guys that maybe are not getting the uh, mainstream publicity, but will be come April. So my favorite lineman and, and pretty much, well, it's, it's tough, but I'd have to give it to Mason Cole, Michigan. I don't care if it's a center. He's moved back to tackle this season. Uh, I think he could play all three positions. It just doesn't matter. This big kid from Florida, he jumped right in as a true freshman and started at left tackle for the Wolverines, played two seasons there uh, before moving to center last, last year just because they wanted to get some other guys' tryouts. And now moving back to tackle, that just – shows the confidence uh, they have. And this is it's a little interesting thing about him. He's an Iron Man. Uh, he has a streak dating back to high school of 91 consecutive games started, which will continue uh, this year as a senior. So I, that not only is he reliable, he's technically sound, uh, totally versatile. Uh, I look at him as kind of a you know fall, a fallback player, a throwback player like uh, Jeff Fain uh, from Notre Dame, the way he used to be, mm. just a real – uh, dominant player, and then just technically sound, and I truly believe Fane could have played out at tackle, could have played at guard. Maybe he's reminiscent of uh, a Zach Martin, where you could just slide him anywhere you need a player, and uh, I, don't, I don't know that he's a first-round pick, but he's another guy. If he's not in the top 100, I'm just not paying attention to the right parts of football, because that's a guy I don't think you got to do a ton of teaching. I think an offensive line coach is going to embrace him, and he immediately steps in at one of your starting five, uh, no matter where you have a need. So that just screams value in the NFL draft. So I, Mason Cole, why did you not go to Notre Dame? You would have fit in perfectly at South Bend, but uh, he's done well for himself in Ann Arbor. No complaints there. So I think he, he's definitely right up. Uh, he needs to be brought to the conversation. And I don't know if he's a tackle or a guard, but the Braden Smith kid at Auburn, uh, he's another mm-hmm. just kind of dominant player. He was an All-American. I think he's more of a guard at the next level, but just solid out. He, he's, he's, he's the guy in the phone booth that's uh, real dangerous. He's going to make it a long day and bloody up your nose. So I, I think uh, – I don't know about him in pass protection. It's not a lot of what Auburn does. They're just that zone read. They love to run the ball. So – uh, Braden Smith's about to get some good footage, I think, in pass pro this year. Uh, just, you know, that addition of Jarrett Stidham, they're going to have to throw the ball. Otherwise, why don't you go out and get the kid? Uh, so the, he'll, he'll he'll be able to put some nice things on film uh, this year. And that's another – I think Smith, he's up in that conversation, uh, maybe just second-round pick, uh, day two player. Yeah, definitely some good names worth uh, storing in the memory bank. Mason Colja, you said it. You know, to me, this guy is the top center prospect in the country. Some people are going to like him at offensive tackle. You talk about the versatility. But there has been a trend here in the NFL turning some of these tackles into centers. You saw it uh, as recently as Ali Marpet. Uh, there was another kid out of Missouri, I think. Uh, Mitch something did the same. Uh, Rodney Hudson was a guy out of Florida State that's made a living at center playing tackle for the Seminoles. But uh, – you know, in terms of under the radar, and not too many times you talk about an Ohio State player that's under the radar, but Jamarco Jones, I think, is a guy just only because he only started one season. He sat two years behind Taylor Decker, a guy that's really 
when when you hear the coaching speak about him has really uh, made strides in his overall technique, has over a thousand career snaps uh, at that offensive line there for the Buckeyes and a guy who I think is really going to be in heavy consideration as a, as a day two pick early second round guy, uh, you know, who knows, maybe with the stellar season, he could sneak into the first round, but Jamarco Jones, a guy with just one year starting experience coming into the season uh, that you should definitely make note of. And then, At the offensive tackle position at the FCS level, if you caught our show last week, Brandon Parker from North Carolina A&T, he's our number 24th ranked offensive tackle in the country, regardless of draft position, which means what? Which means he's very much in consideration to get drafted here. He's in the mix. North Carolina A&T, Brandon Parker, you know, Tariq Cohen, you might have saw him last night with the Bears running the football. Well, here's the guy paving the way. Uh, multiple, you know, all-conference performer, uh, very uh, run-oriented, orientated, run-mauler type of uh, offensive tackle there. But uh, Brandon Parker there in the FCS, Joe, I don't know if you had any FCS guys that stand out for you on the on the tackle or interior position, but Brandon Parker, to me, is, is probably our top-rated FCS guy. Yeah, and it's uh, it's rare you can get a lot of footage on a on an FCS kid, but it's like, hey, cue up all the Tariq Cohen videos. You got your Brandon Parker footage right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a good-looking go. tackle. I mean, he uncoils real well, and he's pretty explosive. Um, he's uh, I don't know that like I'd like to see him finish some more blocks and, and kind of use that. I'm hoping this year he really. Uh, gain some more functional strength, you know, uh, trims it up a little bit. Cause it's like I say, prototype tackle body you like to see. And uh, yeah, with all the videos I've seen out there at Cohen, uh, he definitely sticks out. He's like, boy, he looks like a, an NFL lineman for sure. Um, I've got uh, one other small school guy just, you know, watching the run last year, James Madison, those Dukes, uh, some good players uh, over there and their, their, their left tackle. It was just his first year as a guy, kind of perfect for this show because we're doing defensive linemen, defensive tackles, offensive tackles. Well, this guy played both of those, uh, Aaron Steine. Uh, Steine, I'm yeah. not sure how his name's pronounced, but I'm going to say what. He uh, has made that transition seamlessly. Really good coaching by Mike Houston there. Uh, very explosive athlete and another guy that I, I love him in the run game, but he also stands up to pass rushers. It doesn't matter if it's a bull rush. And another guy, just real basketball background there, uh, that, and it shows off kind of in his play. I mean, just he does some things just real naturally in his backpedal and pass pro. So uh, that's a guy just James Madison, not only is a program on the up, uh, this Aaron Stenay, boy, he's, he's a player. Well, I'm glad you brought him up, Joe, because we're trying to get him on this week. As a matter of fact, so keep it locked. Stay tuned. Follow us on NFL Draft Bible at NFL Draft Bible. Of course, here on Block Talk Radio, we're now on iTunes. But Brandon Parker, you can catch, has already been archived. Aaron Stinney, on the way. Stay tuned. Uh, Let's switch gears to interior linemen, Joe. Uh, We'll keep it with the FCS and under the radar guys. We'll work in reverse order here. And just on the FCS theme, you know, two guys, you mentioned the James Madison program. You mentioned the Richmond quarterback on our first or second show. Well, the Richmond uh, offensive lineman, Alex Light, I think he plays 
uh, offensive tackle for the Spiders, but probably a, a guard prospect at the next level. Of course, three consecutive FCS playoff berths there. Just make it four in a row for that Richmond football uh, program there. And then Justin Leah from Jacksonville State. Uh, Alex Light coming in at number 23 guard. And Justin Leah from Jacksonville State, our number 23rd overall uh, guard here in the country. And then one other note for from the FCS level um, Larry Allen Jr., I'm not sure of his status. We had him right there at number 25 guard in the country. Not expected to play this year from last time I checked. The reason not given, uh, we will be at a Harvard game this year, so, so we'll, we'll, we'll provide an update. But uh, Larry Allen Jr. was on the NFL radar uh, heading into his senior season. Not expected to play this year. We'll get an update from him, but uh, any other FCS guys, Joe, on the interior position? If not, we can move on to under the radar guys. Uh, no, no, I've got under the radar uh, interior, and I just b- before we even you know go anywhere, my second favorite center, I guess, or offensive lineman in the country, I'd have to say, uh, T. John Caroma. Uh, that that this guy showed up as a true freshman and beat out the returning starter at center and a Remington trophy watch list member. I mean, just uh, winning that job as a true freshman, not only that, uh, he plays, I think every single snap at center to that day to now, uh, it basically he's been the, an institution there at BYU. Uh, finally a senior this year. I think the first game I remember was that bowl game against Memphis. He was a true freshman and real high scoring back and forth game, but, this promo throws people around. He is violent. He plays with a real chip on his shoulder and uh, he plays not only to the whistle, oftentimes he plays after the whistle. He just so desperately wants to finish his man off. And for me, that, that screams like, please play for my team. Please be an offensive lineman on my franchise because that's, that for me, reason to play in the game. I mean, you want to win every rep and that's Karoma. Uh, he might be the, reason that game got out of hand, I think there was some kind of epic brawl, if I remember right. But, yeah, Chrome uh, is a gladiator. Uh, I just would love to see him in a zone scheme because he doesn't have prototype height, but he's got great mobility, super smart, real violent. He'd be a perfect fit. Uh, Green Bay, I'm calling you out. Take a look at Mr. T. John Karoma, roommate of Jamal Williams, who you already have on the roster. Just saying. Might be a good <laughs> Jake Campos, Iowa State, I know he's an offensive tackle. He may transition to guard. He's back from injury. Uh, That's just another big, tough kid that I like. And then I I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't bring Washington State's Cody O'Connell up to the the forefront here. This guy is just a giant, 6'8", 354 pounds, uh, all Pac-12, as a junior last year. Uh, He's just, that's, you know, a plug ugly, man-grown. Uh, he's going to play guard. I just don't think he has the mobility to get on the outside uh, and play tackle and cover edge rushers. Uh, but, boy, he's going to win in the run game. And once again, we talked about a team like the Chargers, team like the Cowboys that really like that uh, ground and pound and just uh, power blocking schemes. Uh, this Cody O'Connell would uh, appeal to them greatly. He may he may even be a top 100 player just because, you know, you don't find giants like that on the planet. Yeah, you know, when you – take a look at these uh, mid-tier interior offensive line prospects. There, there's some talent if you do some digging. I know one guy I had a chance to see up close and in person several times is Michigan State's uh, Brian Allen, 
you know, he, I've seen him once play center. I've seen him play guard. I think this is a guy that people are sleeping on, you know, probably not a day one guy, but a guy that I believe is going to be a future starter at the next level. Does he go day two? Does he go day three? I don't know where he goes, but Brian Allen out of Michigan State is going to be a, a, a steal for somebody. I'm going on the record right now. I'm telling you that. Um, you know, Kirk Ferentz, we all know what he's done there at Iowa and the pedigree of offensive linemen that you get. Uh, Sean Welsh is a guy to me. You know, I think he is another guy that comes in, competes for a starting job at that center position from day one, a four-year starter uh, for the Hawkeyes, and a guy that is very uh, technically sound, very polished overall. And one last guy under the radar, TCU, Austin Schlotman. You know, I've watched this guy, he rarely misses assignment. He's calling out, uh, you know, uh, adjustments before the ball snap, a run mauler type of guy, maybe a little bit undersized, uh, maybe in that Brandon Tublano uh, kind of mode. But Austin Schlotman from TCU is my under-the-radar interior lineman. And then, you know, Joe, in terms of top-tier guys, you know, I don't know if we have a first-round prospect. Mason Cole maybe – if he's viewed as a center, but uh, Billy Price from Ohio State, uh, for me, probably our top-rated right interior offensive lineman. We have him ranked as the number fifth overall offensive guard prospect in the country, regardless of draft class. Uh, how do you see the uh, top interior offensive line prospects? Yeah, is in terms of seniors, uh, I think, yeah, Price is up there. Might even be on the on the door knocking into the first round, uh, depending on how it goes. Maybe he plays a little center this year, raises value. I don't know about uh, Cody O'Connell, who I brought up, um, might be in the conversation. The other guy that centered, I think, has got a lot of appeal is Frank Ragno, Arkansas. Played mm. a lot of football yeah. there, uh, and the scheme would translate really well to power block, and that's what a lot of teams run, anyways. Uh, but once again, how valuable centers are in the long run. And, like, in those top 100, the switch turns to round two and three, and those contracts change. Teams are just, like, loaded up on defensive players. So it is it is difficult to get uh, fit in there as a, a top 100 player. All right, Joe. Uh, we talked offensive line. It's time for defensive line. It's the big ugly show here, the College Gridiron Showcase and Symposium. You got – Two for the price of one today. We gave you both college gridiron showcase founders. We had Jose Jefferson and Craig Red. We got Joe Everett breaking down offense and defensive line as we get you up to par here, counting you down to the uh, kickoff. August 26th will be on location, Hawaii at UMass. Of course, NFL preseason action tonight. And uh, let's talk some defensive linemen, Joe. You know, I had uh, the pleasure of breaking down uh, a lot of these defensive prospects here for the prospectus. And, you know, tier one guys on the defensive line, I would say probably, you know, we we, we saw Star Lotulele come out a couple years and, and see what kind of uh, mayhem he's he's created with uh, Kawan, Short, Kawan Short in Carolina there. Lowell Lotulele, uh, our number three defensive tackle prospect in the nation, uh, someone who I believe will probably wind up in the first round. I didn't quite see a first-round talent on film, in my opinion, uh, but I, I do think he does go in that first-round mix. And Deshaun Hand, uh, whether he's a, 
you know, going to be viewed as a defensive tackle, a defensive end, a 34 defensive end. Uh, at six foot three, two hundred and eighty pounds, he could probably slim down or bulk up and, and go in a number of, of different directions. But those were, you know, kind of how I saw the tier one prospects on the defensive line units. Uh, what did you see? No, I agree, especially about uh, hand. And you can open my eyes about the athleticism he's got. The, when he shows up in Indianapolis, there might maybe a little a few fireworks. No doubt about it. Uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, bring up his recent DUI. Of course, that'll be a little bit of a red flag, but I think still he he falls into the first-round conversation. And also, like the fit you mentioned, I think he's 34 defensive end all day, you know, even at his natural walking-around weight. Like, that's just kind of where he lies in. And Loda Lele, yeah, it's, maybe he's getting drafted in the first round on pedigree, but he's he's a guy I don't see as a premium first round. I'm not top 20 or anything. I'm seeing him eat up a lot of space, but athletically, I don't know that he's uh, hyper or anything special, kind of stocky, short build. Um, he plays his, his butt off, there's no doubt. It's just, yeah, maybe he's just a fringe first rounder more than anything. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, as the season unwinds because he's at six foot one and a half, three hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, you know, just not as impressive as his brother. That's all, uh, but definitely a worthwhile talent. Um, how about under the radar guys, Joe? Who do you got for us? Well, I don't know how under the radar he is, but Maurice Hurst. I guess he could have been in the NFL, but I maybe he just would have been a day three pick. I think he wisely, uh, Hurst chose to return to Michigan. And I actually like what I saw. The, watched that Ohio State game, near all of it, and it just really got off some blocks quickly. He's playing in an NFL scheme right now uh, under Don Brown at Michigan. I love some of the things they do, and it really gives him a chance to show off his athleticism with those stunts and those little twists they run, uh, Those uh, just the front four. They scheme those guys so nicely, and he really gets going on around uh, from the tackle spot out to a wide nine and back into J.T. Barrett for a sack. I mean, I don't, I don't know many uh, people at that weight that can do that. So I, I, I like what I saw at Hurst. He really fights through double teams, and he keeps his eye on the quarterback and uses those long, long arms he's got uh, twice in that Ohio State game, just batted passes down. I think uh, maybe that's the situation. He just took it up for that contest. But from what little I've seen at Hurst so far, I've, I've, I've liked it a lot. And then the specimen at Florida State, Derek Noddy, uh, I'm not sure mm-hmm. uh, what he is, but, but uh, dominant player, just a real savage with strong hands on the inside, risen from the JUCO ranks. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, yeah, it, he's going to have to fit in the top 100 so, somewhere just because I mean, you have to force a double team on him. Um, and then one more under the radar just before. I like what I saw last year out of Andrew Brown out of Virginia. Uh, I think the guy was just being wasted. He's a big recruit out of high school and just finally showed some flashes. He spent too much time in Mike London's doghouse, which I can only assume is a crappy doghouse since Mike London probably bought it. But uh, <laughs> bottom line, Brown is a guy, he's got some real power. He anticipates the snap count really well, and it's just another violent big man. I think he's another uh, five technique. He's going to be that 34 end that uh, really finds his way. Uh, he's showed some skills as a pass rusher and, 
so what if he's not going to be a first-rounder like he could have been coming out? But uh, I think a team is going to find a real value with Andrew Brown. Uh, maybe it's day three. Who knows? But uh, I think he looks to me like a poor man's Robert Incambiche. That is when Incambiche's light bulb was turned on. <laughs> yeah, good analogy. Uh, I agree. And he just snuck into the bottom of that top 100 overall prospects in the country. So when you say flashes, you mean it, Joe. He he showed some potential there, and he's got to put it all together now and have a nice consistent season here. And uh, he'll be underway, but we're talking under the radar. And for me, you know, everybody wants to talk about Vita Vea over there at Washington. And, you know, I think he's in our top five overall rankings at the defensive tackle position but when you go down that list over at number 19 we got a guy Greg Gaines who I thought had a bust out season last year there for Washington six foot one 325 pounds and you know he did a little bit of everything 35 tackles last year eight tackles for loss three and a half sacks showing the ability to be a little bit of a backfield disruptor 20 career starts I think with another solid season he could really position himself into getting drafted this year. And then uh, Drew Bailey from Louisville. Uh, how about the number 21 ranked defensive end? Uh, again, very similar situation where, you know, teams might view him as a defensive end. Other teams might want to kick him inside. Probably a 34 defensive end at six foot five, 285 pounds, big physical run stopper, uh, 58 tackles this past year and nine tackles for loss, two sacks should test pretty well. Sub five Oh speed at six foot five, 285 pounds. Look out for drew Bailey. And then the last player I'm going to talk about here today, Joe is down at the FCS level. PJ hall from Houston, uh, our number 23rd ranked defensive tackle. But, you know, I, I circled back around to him and, have studied up on this player. I think he might be moving up our boards at six foot one. He's now up to 310 pounds. He's bulked up 25 pounds. And, you know, if you're looking for production, um, Sam Houston state, I might've said Houston, but it's Sam Houston state. And, you know, at the FCS level, you look, you know, what do you, what's one of the things you look for? You look for players to dominate. And in three seasons, 224 tackles, 67 of those tackles for a loss, 36 tackles or 36 sacks from the interior defensive tackle position. Quite impressive. Not to mention, oh, by the way, eight forced fumbles and 10 blocked kicks. (laughs) Joe, I mean, I don't know if you have any other players to add to this, but PJ Hall from Sam Houston State is my FCS. Uh, defensive player of the year and the season hasn't even begun yet i like that i don't i don't think i got any players that'll match that production those stats are crazy (laughs) and i love it that he gained uh, uh 25 pounds because that was my criticism it's like man i'd like to see him a little bit closer to 300 well in the heck now he's over 300 so uh we'll see how he moves with that weight but i doubt the production's gonna change that kid uh He's getting it done and finding the football, that's for sure. Um, I'm just doing a little digging uh, last night. Uh, the Eastern Washington tackle is a kid I like. Uh, I'm going to try here. J.T. Tiuli? Yes, J.T. Tiuli. 
big six foot four, three hundred fifteen pound kid that is impossible to block on the inside at times. Um, I don't know that he's been playing nose. I kind of like him in the even front at tackle. Um, and just another guy, he's forcing double teams every game. I watch uh, real nice rip moves. And what impresses me so much, he carries that 315 well. The guy just doesn't look fat or sloppy. He's just a big, well-proportioned, thick kid. And, and, and boy, is he tough uh, on the inside because there's not a lot of, you know, chub. There's not a lot of uh, – uh, you know, Jersey to grab. I mean, you almost cannot cheat on JT. So, uh, yeah, checking out Eastern Washington. He's he's a big impact player on the in the middle. And then the the Bucknell kid, Abdullah Anderson. I kind of like his effort, and he's another kid. I'm if you've got any kind of basketball in your background, I'm always giving you a one up. Uh, at Bucknell, he's all conference uh, two years. Really dominates his space well. Uh, and I think he's another guy who takes it up a notch on third down. When it's time to rush the passer and chase down that quarterback, he goes and gets it real athletic and chases plays down from behind. Uh, Abdullah Anderson, Bucknell, I guess he's a, another reason. I'm trying to get us a, a Philly guy to go chase these players down on the East Coast. But, yeah, we may have to get a Bucknell visit in on uh, Mr. Anderson. Hey, Philly, Ivy League, it's all good. That's what we do here at the NFL Draft Bible. Of course, that's Joe Everett. That's what he does. He makes you Google. If he makes me Google, I know you're at home Googling. So he never leaves the stone unturned. And, you know, we had a lot of fun at the College Gridiron Showcase last year scouting these defensive linemen, Joe. We haven't had a chance to discuss them. But last point before we wrap it all up, you know, we mentioned Chris Odom with the Falcons, or Kyle Gridiron Showcase defensive MVP. Shakir Soto's in camp with the Broncos, who played last night to season debut. Corey Vereen over in the Patriots camp. Maybe my favorite prospect of the week, Rashawn Coward out of Old Dominion. He's there with the Chicago Bears. Casey Sales with the Rams. Adam Butler with the Patriots. Andre Pipkins, who Justin Gamble thought was possibly the best player in the entire showcase over there with the Redskins, of course, forced out of Michigan with the knee issues, come back bigger, stronger than ever. But you heard me rattle off those names from this past year CGS. Give me one or two guys here you, you think can uh, make a little bit of noise this year. Well, more than anything, just for the effort he showed, the quality of person he is and the coaching program he comes out of, that's Casey Sales uh, from Ohio. And with the Rams, it's awful crowded in there, and they're – they're running a scheme now. It's 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 an odd front, which they didn't do it uh, for the Bobcats um, under Solich. They they run the more even. But hey, this is Wade Phillips over there, who is a defensive guru, and he's going to recognize quality in a player. I'm hoping Sales really sticks over there because uh, the Rams could get that defense going in just the right direction. That's what Wade Phillips does. He fixes defenses up. So hopefully Sales could be a big part of that because. All week long, he just kept showing up, great attitude, and even at the the final day, I mean, he's playing all the snaps, he's talking, it, he just didn't even want to leave the field. So that's a kid that loves ball, and you, you want to give those types of people chances. Yeah, a big boy, someone who got better every day, really took well to the coaching, and like you said, by the last day there, uh, he looked like an SEC guy standing over there next to uh, some of those guys, so... Uh, that about does it, Joe. Any parting shots here? Like I said, Justin and myself are going to 
break down some linebackers on Monday, and then we're going to try to do a defensive back show here before the college football season kicks off. But uh, any final words for the good people out there? Looking forward to Addison already. Uh, You know, uh, I'll have to research this hotel, get my bearings out there, uh, (laughs) get some good stuff. And, yeah, I'm jealous you guys get to do the linebackers on Monday. So enjoy the Micah Micah Kaiser Syracuse show. Uh, (laughs) We'll get to him next time. Yeah, yeah. Lock, lock and load those directions in the GPS. Get that new hotel address, and I know you'll be making the journey there from Indianapolis, Joe. And uh, always fun talking football. Of course, uh, we'll be back Monday with the show, like I said, and uh, we'll be talking football. I'm gonna make an announcement right now. We have not put this out there yet, but if you're in the New Jersey area, if you live in northern New Jersey, the New York City tri-state area. We'll be at Sidelines Bar and Grill every Monday night for Monday Night Football, breaking it down with the pregame show. We'll have uh, current and former NFL players each and every Monday night. We're going to kick it off 7 p.m. each week, except for the first Monday night, which is September 11th. There's two games, so we'll be kicking off at 6 p.m., and uh, you can expect to see and hear from guests uh, such as Plaxico Burris, Marvin Washington, uh, Rodney Hampton, just to name a few. We'll get uh, some some good players throughout the course of the season. So, Sidelines Bar and Grill, it's in Fairfield, New Jersey, Route 46. Of course, we want to thank uh, all of our sponsors who help support the show. ISO Sport, new, new to the program, Defiance Fuel, uh, Parabolic Performance and Rehab, College Gridiron Showcase, And uh, there will be more to follow, but um, a lot of exciting things going on. NFLDraftBible.com has you covered. Of course, the social media universe at NFL Draft Bible. If you want to nominate a player for this great event, the Cosgrid Earn Showcase and Symposium, it's not too late. CGSAllStar.com is where you can do that. And, of course, uh, we'll be back at it again Monday at noon Eastern with another brand-new show. Of course, tomorrow we'll be at Mom's University with some FCS action. Mike Basile, there's a name for the defensive back show. Mike Basile, uh, we'll be getting low down on him. The scouting never ends. For Joe Everett, the director of college football scouting at the NFL Draft Bible, he never leaves a stone unturned. Of course, you know who I be, RIC, and the place to be. Always talking football. Hey, we appreciate you tuning in. Please click subscribe, share, spread the word of the good gospel, the NFL Draft Bible. It's what we do, baby. Back at it again. It's another edition of the College Good Art Showcase Watchlist Show. Tracking the top NFL Draft prospects on the planet each and every week. Brought to you by the NFL Draft Bible. Broadcasting around the globe. With your host, Joe Everett, Justin Gamble, and me, the R.I.C. Rick Saratella, we are on air. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.